Oh shit! It's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip. Two sides of a coin. Three sides to a strange coin sometimes. Let's get it, boys. All right, Tarek heads or tails? Tails. All right. Well, uh, this this one's going to be a fun one. Uh, so we have a rule change this year. Jersey numbers. So I think Tom Brady came out this week with, uh, with a fun, with a fun um, perspective on this issue. How are we supposed to assign coverages with the number changes? So Tarek, you chose... You chose tails, so uh, why don't you go ahead and support that? Do you think this rule change is a bad idea? Yeah, clearly this is a bad idea. Look, the <laughs> argument is simple. You can only uh, receivers should only have eleven to nineteen and eighty-one to eighty-nine or eighty to eighty-nine. Like if you had a receiver with the number three, that'd just be unnatural. You know, it. it you can't have it. Clearly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's clearly right. Yeah. <laughs> that's clearly the clearly right choice. The right choice. Uh, Trey, why don't you tell us what the real right choice is here? I mean, it's going to be pretty cool having receivers in the single digits, you know? It, it's going to make them faster, which will really help with their fantasy production. So that's the main reason that I'm in uh, support of the change. And, uh, you know, to Tom Brady, all I have to say is, okay, Boomer. It'll make them faster. Yeah, John. Uh, more more aerodynamic. <laughs> Analytics. John, you're the you're the third side of this one. What is Ooh. what is the sickest number that uh, a wide receiver can wear other than than the number one? Well, I think it would have to be. You know what? I don't I don't even fucking know. Number sixty nine. Come on. Nice. Diggs, 69, he retires, and nobody else could ever wear the number again, right? That's the yeah, play. that's fair. I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited about the corners being able to do it, too. Like, if uh, one team has a rock star corner and a rock star wide receiver, which one of those guys gets number one? I think that'll be fun, since, like, in college, there can't be two number ones. Can there, o- can there only be one 69? Well, only in the world of Gronkowski and Stefan Diggs, apparently. What if we had like two receivers that were like buds? One was a six, one was a nine, and their touchdown celebration was they like stand next to each other and they're just, they just point. <laughs> this is a whole new realm of touchdown celebrations that we didn't have possible <laughs> before this. So I think it means yeah, that I'm the clear winner of the coin toss today. I have no idea that it would sprawl to that. So, uh, John, you are you are the winner of the coin toss. Oh, we get winners now? All right. Yeah, I think you get to receive the uh, the first pick. Yes! <laughs> there we go. What the fuck is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. I'm your host, Tarek Angry T. Benshuya. With me, as always, John Alexander, Trey Cryan, and Mitch Yates. Trey, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good. Doing good. I'm ready to pick some rookies. we got a fun uh, episode today, and uh, I'm just excited to be doing this and not working in the backyard on the patio anymore. Oh, yeah. Real homeowner energy over there in Boston. John, what's going on? You know what? I'm ready for this NFL draft in a week, and I'm like preparing. I'm going to emulate the NFL draft. I've got all my picks written down on cards, and I'm going to run them over to Chicago to you, and I'm going to let you read every single one of them. So it's going to be like the real thing today. You're going to run it over personally? Yeah, 1,000 miles. A, a 1,000 miles per pick. I like it. <laughs> Mitch, what's the deal? You threw us a curveball with that number coin toss. I was I was not ready to talk something <laughs> nope. so cool. Well, I forgot about how possible it was for Trey to have the most brilliant insight possible about the aerodynamics. I think that was just, you know, something that <laughs> that's going to separate us from the from the rest of the uh, the dynasty podcasters out there. But uh, no, I'm doing great, man. Um, I'm recording this cast in my underwear because I spilled an entire Miller Lite on my jeans. So <laughs> speaking of aerodynamics, I am like, I am ready to go. Like, I- I'm feeling nice and nimble. Yeah, that will or might will always get you. Yeah, I loved that, man. One, one less digit. You know you're going to run faster. That's right. That's right. It's science. All right. So uh, like both John and Trey referenced, we got exactly one week from the time of recording for the start of the NFL draft, something we've been looking forward to for the last couple of months. 
uh, been a real dry spell in the NFL world, you know, when, when the only news out there is Devontae Smith is 166 pounds and that's just all the rage on Twitter. Uh, we're, we're going to need us some NFL draft. So with the NFL draft only a week away today, we are going to do a one QB half PPR rookie mock draft. We really wanted to do this rookie mock draft right before the NFL draft so that in a few weeks we could revisit these picks once we know landing spots and put to the test the idea that talent matters over situation. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm going to hand the ball over to our 101, and that is John. What you got? So uh, I think that there's a really strong argument to take a running back first, right? There's this real scarcity issue. There's basically only three running backs that belong in the first round of the draft here. Uh, of rookie drafts, but I can see situations where any one of these three running backs could be in a situation where I wouldn't want to take them first overall. So without knowing the landing spot, I'm just going to take the best player in the draft, and the best player in the draft is Jamar Chase. I don't care where he ends up. He can end up anywhere in the top 10, and he's still going to be my wide receiver one. I'm taking him here. I'm not worried about the landing spot, and I'm laughing all the way to the bank. So John took Jamar Chase uh, over whoever the running back one is. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll never know who John's running back one is. But Trey, what do you think about Jamar Chase as the 101 here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I definitely see where John's coming from. We're, we are picking before we know landing spots. So, you know, he's a little bit tentative of that risk of not knowing where, you know, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne are going to end up in the draft. So I get where he's coming from. Um but you know, I, I guess this is kind of this is definitely putting that to, to the to the test about does talent matter over a uh, situation? And Jamar Chase is no doubt the most talented wide receiver. Uh, I probably would have went running back here anyway. I, I definitely kind of uh, fall on the side of the positional scarcity for the running back side, and I think a number one through five like running back is more valuable than the one through five wide receiver. So if we're drafting for upside, then that's what I'm going for. Yeah, so Jamar Chase looks like, I mean, if I were a betting man, I would say he's not going to make it past the Lions at seven. So it looks like, barring a trade, he's either going to be a Bengal, a Dolphin, or a Lion. Mitch, of those three likely landing spots, what are you hoping for? Well, I'm hoping for the the world to burn so I can sit back and watch and laugh. And uh, I want to see him go hang out with Joe Burrow. But <laughs> I, I could be happy with any of those. And I think he is situation proof. He's one of those prospects. He's in the 94, 95th percentile in all the important stats here. And as far as his pro day went, and we've seen the tape. Lock him in. Lock him in at number one, especially we're playing PPR or 0.5 P- five point PPR. Uh, yeah, lock him in. Five point PPR, you know that <laughs> Jamar Chase is going to be really valuable in five point PPR. I hope he helps you. <laughs> well, if, if we're playing five point PPR, then uh, I change what I said about running backs over receivers. <laughs> All right, so Jamar Chase one hundred and one. Uh, I can't can't knock the decision. Trey, you've got the one hundred and two. Where are you going? Well, I think I just tipped my hand a little bit, but uh, I'm going to take Najee Harris at uh, number one and. Uh, you know, there's definitely an argument to have Travis Etienne uh, as the top-ranked running back. I'm, I'm probably the highest on Etienne out of the four of us, but I'm not going to make that argument today. I'm going to go with the uh, the market here, follow ADP, and take the number one running back in this class, which is Najee Harris. He just has the size and speed combination that Etienne doesn't. You know, he's coming in at 232 pounds with an 85th percentile speed score. And he's got some great production uh, to show for his time at Alabama. So uh, put all of that together with his receiving ability and that 13.4% college target share. Um, very excited to get Najee Harris at the number two overall rookie pick. Yeah, I, I saw that Najee Harris on film, like he topped out at 22 miles per hour. So Ooh. once he gets going, he can go, you know, it kind of kind of reminds me of Leonard Fournette in that in that area, like a big guy who maybe takes a little while to get up to top speed, but he can get there and he can, he can scoot. Yeah. He's a, he's a bad man. Uh, he's, he is. he's gonna, he's gonna be good wherever he goes and he's going to get the opportunity to start wherever he goes. So 
yeah, as far as safety goes at the top of this this rookie draft, yeah, I I can agree with him at two. I can agree with him at one. And I think that uh, when we repeat this process after the draft, it's more than likely that I end up taking Najee Harris here. Uh, after we see where he lands, I'm just afraid he's going to end up somewhere like Buffalo. You know, like these running backs Oof, could really yeah. go anywhere. What and... would be wrong with that? I would love to see that. Well, Josh Allen's the problem with that, right? Najee Harris mm. is going to be uh, Josh Allen's running back too. Man, that sounds like a lot of really good problems in Buffalo, right? Though. Yeah, I, I honestly, I would. Najee Harris would probably still be my running back one if he ended up in Buffalo. Like, I'm not afraid of Zach Moss or Devin Singletary, but because they've invested so much day two draft capital the last couple of years in running back, I don't see that happening. It just seems like he's not getting back past Pittsburgh in the first round. I mean, if if any of the buzz is true, like that's that's where he's going. But we'll see. I mean, we 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 never know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll dig into more of the mock drafts uh, next week, uh, but it does seem like Pittsburgh seems to be where at least, uh, you know, the people in the know are kind of uh, predicting where he's going to end up. But, you know, Tarek, you're not letting us trade picks here. Uh, maybe there's an argument for me to trade down uh, with Mitch, let him trade up for Najee. Let me get a little bit more draft capital in the process. So uh, <laughs> you guys know how much I like ATN, but uh, no, I'm, I'm happy with Harris at pick two. Speaking of Mitch not picking Travis ETN, 103 is your pick, bud. I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to start uh, asking anybody if they want to trade up for this pick because they know I'm not draft- drafting Travis Etienne. Um, yeah, I, for me in this draft, there are, there are clear top three players. And what I mean by that is these three don't have red flags that, like, say, an Etienne does to me or Javante Williams does with his 166-pound frame. I'm talking about maybe the best player in the draft and that's Kyle Pitts. And wow. he, I, I drank an ice-cold glass of Kool-Aid this morning. I, I popped in the VHS tapes of uh, of Kyle Pitts, and I listened to a bit of what John said, and maybe that got me going. Uh, yeah, having potentially the Travis Kelsey in this stage of his career, I, those measurables are insane. Uh, he actually is 67% uh, a player measurable comparison to Rob Gronkowski, which to Rob Gronkowski's dismay, you know, the magic number, he was so close, but, and he's better than Rob Gronkowski in, in, in that he's, he's just more stout, faster. Yeah. He's not going to Brock, Brock block like Gronk, but that's not what he's there for. He's that generational talent. Um, I like him better than Javante Williams and I like him better than ETN and, I think he's going to continue to climb. And so that's why I'm taking him at three. Wow. I love the pick, Mitch. In terms of getting a player who's going to be like the biggest impact on their team, biggest playmaker in this draft, you just got him at three. Now, I said, I think it was last week, I said 104 to 106, and you just won up me. So I just want to, I just want to applaud you for a moment. <laughs> well done, Mitch. I, I'm proud of you, buddy. I mean, go, go get your guy, you know? So this is this is Mitch's motto. So I, I guess I shouldn't be as surprised as I am, but uh, I, I'm shook because I I'll show you guys my draft board. I have Pitts at uh, my my seventh uh, overall. So I have six guys ahead of him who I was ready to pick. But uh, I, I I get it. Like his upside is Travis Kelsey, um, but if the upside of the other guys is like a top five receiver, or a top five running back, then you know that that's that's where I just draw the line. Yeah, I said this last time. He's a ninety five percent chance at being a hit and that i think you said that about jamar chase no i i did i said that about this guy too <laughs> you probably said uh, it about I think both it was, i think it was five percent uh oj howard or something yeah I, I don't like that but you know oh there you go yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah. yeah but this is a slam yeah. dunk and you know what he he didn't play basketball so or maybe he did i didn't pay attention <laughs> he played quarterback and basketball. that's right quarterback and linebacker uh Tarek right. told us that. i'm sure he plays basketball and, and every every moment of his spare time he's just he's playing basketball trying to hit hit those tight end measurables i need to hear about <laughs> it every time he plays football on tv yeah i hope so i hope i hope that's just all they talk about you know they got a good program there at florida i bet i bet he totally could have walked on as a basketball player <laughs> Is is this going to turn into a thing where announcers are going to start telling us when tight ends aren't former 
uh, basketball players. <laughs> I think that's honestly a fact that I'm more interested in at this point. I can just hear now on the Sunday night broadcast, Chris Collinsworth saying like, yeah, you know, what's surprising is Kyle Pitts <laughs> didn't play basketball at the University of Florida. <laughs> Oh, hey, I, I thought you and uh, you and Trey, I thought you all were knocking me and Mitch last week. That's what I thought you were alluding to when you, when you said Brevin Jordan was athletic. You guys, no, no, he's not athletic. He didn't play basketball. I could have <laughs> swore that's what y'all were talking about. It's it's the only way to be a successful NFL tight end is to make the jump from basketball halfway through college. Who was the guy who just got picked up by Washington uh, with the like 100% Samus Reyes, Samus Reyes, I think. Reyes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he is, he, Mitch, you really screwed up by not taking Reyes there. I want to, yeah, I, that's <laughs> yes. Now I have the opportunity to take him here at 104. So let's move on. At 104, I am not going to take Sammy Reyes, but I will maybe make uh, a few of y'all surprised by taking Devonte Smith. Yeah, 166 pound Devonte Smith, the big story on Twitter this year. And look, I understand the red flags. He doesn't break out until he's over 21 years old, doesn't early declare, but he's a special player, man, special separator, special route runner, uh, just special fluid athleticism. And I'm not trying to be anti-analytics here or anything. Like I use analytics as a tool to separate players that I feel like are in the same tier, but I'm planting my flag with Devontae Smith here as my clear wide receiver two in this class. And not only that, belonging to a tier above the next two running backs that we haven't talked about and the next few wide receivers, uh, I'm rising on Devontae Smith despite uh, him coming in even a little bit lighter than we thought. So uh, what y'all think about that? I think that uh, it's an excellent pick. Uh, I think that between Chase and Devontae Smith, we've got two of the best uh, wide receivers we've seen in a draft class in the last decade. And this is a guy that I expect to be in the NFL for 10 solid years. I'm not going to argue it. I think that there is a strong conversation to have about running back scarcity. So that's going to push a lot of value down to me at five. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, when these running backs are long gone, five years from now, you're going to be, you're going to be laughing when he's just getting geared up in the prime of his career. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And, you know, this is another one where I don't agree with the pick at all. I've got Devonte Smith at uh as my wide receiver four in this class, uh, for a lot of the reasons that uh, Tarek already mentioned. Wow. Uh, but I, I get where Tarek's coming from. I think I saw somebody on uh, Twitter earlier today or yesterday compare him to uh, uh, Steph Curry, you know, where he's just like, he doesn't look like he's going to be good at the next level, but he just is, you know. Would and, you say he looks like a wide receiver? <laughs> I don't know what he tastes like. I don't, I, I he definitely looks pretty good on tape. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty good. You're 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 pretty drafting the good. outlier, the ultimate outlier. So good luck. Yeah, I'm betting on the outlier here. I'm I'm going in going into it with clear eyes, as Trey says. We try not to do it too. We try not to bet on the outlier. We try not to compare to the Tyree kills of the world and all the crazy, crazy position, crazy players at these positions. But he, I do agree with this pick. I dabbled with it at at three. But I think the difference was the red flags and the, just that weight. I don't know how he continues to do it, but he avoids injury. So, like, he's proven that he can. We'll just see if he can do it at the NFL level. He's definitely going to be a top 10, maybe uh, maybe top 15 pick in the real NFL draft. Yep. Uh, so, you know, receivers who get drafted that high tend to get a lot of opportunity, which is, you know, all you want, really. Um, so... We're going to find out one day. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll we'll surely revisit this pick uh, once we kind of figure out where he lands and uh, with what quarterback and what coach he's going to be deployed with. Let's loop back to John at 105. Some great players on the board here. Yeah, at this point, I'm just taking the value and I'm taking my running back too here because uh, he's a guy that could easily be a top three guy in most rookie drafts. Uh, I've got Javante Williams and Travis Etienne sitting right next to each other, but I've got Javante slightly ahead of Etienne, and I'm going to take him right here. Trey's very excited. Oh, I'm um, stoked. I know we've talked about it on a previous episode, but uh, I think that the places where uh, Etienne can be successful are limited. I think Javante can be good just about anywhere. So without knowing 
where these guys are going to land. I'm more comfortable taking Javante Williams right now. When we revisit this in a, a couple of weeks, whenever we're doing, I could easily see myself taking ETN right here. But uh, for now, Javante Williams, give me the tank. Give me the athletic, agile tank. And uh, I love the value here at pick number five. Mitch, I know you're a big fan of Javante Williams. How, how are you feeling about this pick? Well, a little upset just because that's my guy too over over ETN. But I, I knew it was coming. I know John's also got him ranked a little bit higher. He's uh he's a he's a great player, great pick. That would have been my pick. I'm with it. Yeah. So Mitch, just to um cheer you up a little bit, he wouldn't have made it past me had John uh picked ETN instead. I, I definitely would have went Javante. I think there's a clear top three in the running back class here, and then there is a giant cliff after that into nothingness. Uh so I mean for me, the the main thing about Javante Williams is just the the 8.4% uh, college target share, it just is kind of, it just basically shows okay receiving ability. It, it doesn't project to uh, necessarily a three down role in the NFL uh, as much as if he had had the double digit uh, college target share. So, so that's, that's my concern is that he's going to end up as the, the one and two down back. And there's going to be a guy like, I don't know, uh, JD McKissick coming in on passing downs and getting that work. The biggest thing that worries me about Javante Williams is how much he relied on his tackle-breaking ability in the ACC. Uh, and I think we've seen with you know uh, a running back like David Montgomery, as good as he finished 2020, um, he really relied on his tackle-breaking in the Big 12, came in and wasn't able to do it on the same level in the NFL. Maybe he's figured things out, or maybe he was just playing the Vikings and the Colts down the stretch last year. So that's that's my concern. Um, I I do still have Javante Williams ranked as my RB two, but the margin between him and my RB three is just razor thin. Yep. And on that Trey, I've already written in your pick on the show doc. So why don't you just <laughs> go ahead and explain where you're going with 106? I mean, I told you guys I would have went ETN over Harris potentially earlier. Uh, I. I have Harris as my number one on my board. I have ETN as my number two on my board over Jamar Chase. So I am ecstatic to get my top two overall rookies coming in here at uh, pick number six, right? Uh, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot already about why I like ETN, but just as a reminder, he's also got good size at 215 pounds for his frame. He's got the 80th percentile speed score to go with the above average uh, burst as well. He has early production at Clemson. He had 1,600 plus scrimmage yards as a sophomore in 2018. He had more than 2,000 scrimmage yards as a junior in 2019 at 7.2 yards per, <laughs> yards per carry uh, for his career. Uh, add on top of that, the receiving ability, the double-digit college target share. He's the top-graded running back of this class, according to Lance Zerline on NFL.com. Slam dunk pick for me here at pick six. What's interesting to me, Trey, is that what's happened here is likely what's going to happen in your real rookie drafts when we get there is that uh, I think we can call it the swift effect, that the guy yeah. coming in as the clear number one has somehow dra uh, dropped down draft boards and somebody's going to be really happy when they gra grab at the end. Uh, I know some people think that uh, he's got the buzz potential, but I'm with you, Trey. I think he's going to be good in the NFL and it's just a matter of we're going to wait and see where he ends up. Where is he going to be good? Because I think that's what's going to draw the line between Williams and ETN to me. Yeah, that's fair. And for, um, you know, all three of these running backs, uh, they are definitely the top of the class. Uh, it's them and everybody else uh, for me. So, yep. you know, landing spot could uh, potentially reorder that top three, like you said. But, um, yeah. I'm I'm stoked here at pick number two. Yep, and I'm gonna ride the bus train to the depths of hell, man. Like I just I, I'm not gonna get too far into this again because I know how much you guys love it. But yeah, I I just see too much bust written all over, it, and I'm glad you got him. Glad you went and got your guy. Yeah, we know we know Mitch thinks that Travis Etienne shows just zero instincts on film. <laughs> just runs straight into the ass of his center every single play. He's Mark Sanchez, the running back. So Mitch, I'm a, I guess we're about to find out who you are going to pick, but I'm curious if you would have taken this person over ETN as well, or if you would have jumped on the value of ETN at pick seven. Well, that is actually, 
I was tempted. I was tempted. I just didn't want to have to do it. I'm glad you did it for me. Okay. But I, you know, just being a running back guy, and I, I do know, like, in Dynasty, I know that when you evaluate a running back, you're looking at maybe two years, three years, and I do believe he will get two to three years of a look wherever he gets drafted, whatever team he goes to. I just don't like him post that. I don't think he's going to be anything great. But yeah, if I'm a team looking for fantasy points for the next two years, yeah, I'm I'm looking at value at that spot, especially that late. Okay. But, All right. So I'm you're you're saying yeah. I'm not too crazy then. I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm uh, maybe to have him at two, but yeah, not, not too crazy to pick him here. But I wouldn't take this guy higher if if you did ask that. I think you did. You know, some people are going to think this is the wrong Moore as well. But uh, I'm taking Elijah Moore here. Wow. Um, I'm not I'm not doing any any helmet scouting, but uh, he is from wide receiver U here. Uh, I do think that he Ole Miss is, wide receiver U. What's that? Ole Miss. Just clarifying clarifying for our listeners what wide receiver U you're referring to. Ole Miss. Oh yes, yes. Well, it should be should be crystal clear by this point when you look at uh the the last two dudes that came out of there, but. This guy doesn't look like either of those two guys, that's for sure. Um, he He's definitely a slot guy, but he reminds me of, like, I don't know, several. The the original actual helmet scout, um, uh, that's A.B. He he looks like him when he catches the ball out of the, out of the screen formation. He, he's got great hands, and I think that, uh, what, I think he was in the 71st percentile and uh, bench press, which shows that he's got some strength on that small frame. And uh, he's a playmaker, man. I'm, I want him. I want him on my squad. He's got that chest. His bloody chest. Yeah, Elijah Moore had a breakout age of 19.4, which is, you know, uh, above average. Big old 45.5% dominator rating in his junior year after uh, those other big dudes left uh, and went into the NFL. And yeah, I mean, he... He runs fast. His speed score isn't huge because he's so small, but I don't have any questions about his durability at almost 180 pounds at 5'9". So um, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with Elijah Moore here. I think this is a little bit high for me. I have him ranked nine on my board, but, you know, seven, seven to nine, not a huge reach. I think that, yeah, it's a little high for me as well, but uh, I've been lower on Elijah Moore than y'all have been from the start, but I've kind of come around i i recently watched an interview with your your guy matt Harmon, and he made this comparison uh he made the comparison of he sees a lot of antonio brown just the undersized precise route runner mitch what do you think of that comp to antonio brown for elijah moore well i i think i just covered that but um i was also kind of choking on my words there so let me let me clarify i i I don't know. Antonio Brown was slept on too. And like I said, he he looks just like a man and I mean he, Elijah Moore is about to get picked in the first round of the NFL draft. I wouldn't call him slept on. That's I mean, yeah, dude. I'm just saying Antonio Brown was slept on in the sense of he was doubted as a, a smaller dude. And mm-hmm. like five nine is the story of this draft class. Like these are a bunch of slot guys and we're we're not jumping all over them because like they don't they don't have that prototypical build but yeah I, he shows everything in the college game that can translate to the the program the pro game so yeah there's not a weakness in his game that that I see other than being five nine yeah so so I'll chime in here uh, I have Elijah Moore as my wide receiver uh, six uh, so I'm definitely a little bit lower on him than uh, Mitch is. Uh, I do see a lot of the the comparisons to a guy like Antonio Brown, like he's going to need to win with his agility, his precise route running, the separation, because he's not going to be jumping over people and, you know, just being bigger than everybody else. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I there's three other receivers I would have taken over him at this point. Um, so it feels like a reach to me, but uh, I, I get where Mitch is coming from. Yeah, he definitely runs good routes. I think there's a little bit of a question about his yards after catch ability. He seems to get really good separation before the ball is thrown. And then once uh, he catches the ball, he goes down pretty easy. 
Um, but I think what Matt Harmon was saying in in relation to the comparison between Antonio Brown and Elijah Moore is that he does Matt Harmon doesn't see a reason why Elijah Moore can't succeed on the outside. You know, we think of him as a slot receiver, but how he was able to perform against man coverage, against press coverage, um, he should be able to, in Matt Harmon's opinion, succeed on the outside if a team so chose to play him out there. And speaking of Matt Harmon, I am going to go to another one of his guys here at 108. I'm going to take from the University of Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. So I have him as my number six ranked prospect, so I'm happy to get him here. He runs every level of the route tree at a high level, can get away from press coverage really easily, alpha receiver qualities, Breakout age of 18.8 and a 43.7 dominator rating there at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I'm really excited about Rashad Bateman. Looks like he's got kind of a late first, early second round NFL draft grade on him. Yeah, I 100% agree. He's got the freshman breakout age 19. Uh, You know, his size, he did come in a little bit shorter than we wanted at his pro day where he came in at six foot 190. Uh, But the upside is Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs here, right? So he he's got that great top five wide receiver upside, uh, which a guy like Elijah Moore I don't think has. Uh, so he would have been my pick here too. So well done. Yeah, he's uh, definitely in that tier two of wide receivers for me. Uh, the next guy that we'll get to uh, is in the is also in my tier two. I'll I'll just allude to that. But solid pick here. I loved him at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I think he's destined for the Ravens. So enjoy this pick while you can. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, he's gonna Ugh. he's gonna fall a bit if that happens. I, I'm, I'm, you know, don't don't overvalue situation, but I'm gonna overvalue situation if that happens. Well, you know, people probably said the same thing about AJ Brown when he ended up on the Titans, and uh, look no. look how that turned yes. up. So, there, there, uh, yes. you know, there were no wide receivers on that wide receiver core, and then there was AJ Brown. I think you just we we know that Mitch has a crush on Tom Brady. I think it's it's fair to say today that he also has a crush on Hollywood Brown. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so Mitch's maybe circle a is one. growing maybe yeah and i got i've got hollywood brown as a comp to the next guy that i bet john is gonna talk about so john why don't you go with pick number nine and then we'll go into our halftime sure so at uh there's a clear tier one for uh running backs right so three guys we picked there's a clear tier one for tight ends kyle pitts he's gone there's a clear tier one for wide receivers. That's Jamar Chase. And there's a clear two tier two for me uh, for wa- uh, wide receivers. And this is the last guy in uh, the tier two for wide receivers. That's Jalen Waddle. Uh, I got some flack the last time I talked about this guy because I think very highly of him and I compared him to Tyreek Hill, but I'm going to stand by that. I think that he's got uh, the speed. He's got the lateral agility. I think he's going to be very solid in the NFL uh, even if he ends up, which seems likely at a place like Detroit, I still think he's the wide receiver one there. He's still destined for a hundred targets. I think he's going to be really solid in year one. And I think that he's fallen too far. Nine is way too low and I'm thrilled to death to get him here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had mentioned it right before I threw it over to you, but I, I feel like Hollywood Brown is actually a better comp for Jalen Waddle than Tyreek Hill. And and maybe that's because we haven't really seen Hollywood ceiling given the offense that he's in, which we just talked about. And we at, we did see a little glimpse of it at the end of last year when he went on that touchdown streak. And I think Hollywood, similar to Jalen, and unlike Ruggs, you know, who who people are worried about when it comes to Jalen Waddle, you know, Waddle and Hollywood can move. You know, they can they're very elusive. They can separate. They can get away from man coverage. So uh, I like this pick. I think I, I agree. Jalen Waddle and Rashad Bateman are really close for me. Yeah. So I'll say the obvious. Uh, you know, he never really broke out in college, right? So he was uh, obviously competing for reps with you know three other NFL starting caliber wide receivers. Uh, so there's definitely some risk there. Uh, also, he's got the ankle injury, right? So he's coming off of that. Arguably, he was on his way to a junior year breakout last year before the ankle injury, but you know we'll never know now. Uh, so it, this is definitely going against analytics for me. Uh, there's another receiver I would have went instead over Waddle, but uh, getting him at uh, pick nine is definitely good value. I'm about it. 
I'm about it. Yeah, I had him and Elijah Moore very close, and I I think that Waddle has more of the prototypical build, but uh, he's a very good player and one A one B for me. So yeah, great pick. Sweet. All right, before we go on to 110 and beyond, we're going to try to get through the second round, but we're going to have to speed things up in the second half. Let's go to our halftime segment. So uh, a reminder, every week during halftime, I ask a question, and each of our three panelists here give me an answer that is argument-based, and I pick who I think had the best argument. And sometimes that's completely arbitrary. So the question this week is, which current NFL player, so not a rookie entering the draft next week, but current NFL player has the most potential dynasty value to gain from the NFL draft? John, we're going to go to you first. All right. So I'm going to take the 2020 wide receiver 44, and that's Jerry Judy. Uh, I think that he stands the most to gain in this draft, and here's why. In 2020, he had 113 targets, but only 52 receptions. So that's 46%. Not great, right? Uh, but let's let's take a moment and think about 2019 at Alabama. 110 targets, pretty similar number, 77 receptions. That's a 70% conversion rate. That's pretty good. Uh, he's great separation. He's a great route runner. He just needs an accurate QB. PFF, knock him if you want uh, for their methods, but they pushed out something that said the most incomplete targets that were the QB's fault. Jerry Judy at 26. Now, if you add those 26 receptions to the 52 that he had, that would be 78 out of 113. That's 69%, very similar to a 70% in college. So here's what I'm thinking. They replace Drew Locke in the draft. They get Trey Lance. They get Justin Fields. Jerry Judy's through the roof. Now, my only concern is DLF currently has him as the wide receiver 25. So I think there's already a correction taking place there, but I don't care. I'm not sure that the whole market's caught up to that yet. Jerry Judy to the moon. All right, Trey, I'm going to you next. You're, you're, you're up. All right, cool. So I, I took a little bit of a different approach. I, I see where John's saying with Judy, uh, how he, he's going to get a lot to gain from a upgraded quarterback. But I went for a guy who is going to gain a lot of value immediately after the draft. And it's based on how things could shake out in the draft. So I was looking at running backs and I was thinking about running backs in situations where if a running back isn't drafted by that team, who's going to have a giant ADP jump. And number one on my list is miles Gaskin. He's only 24 years old. He's currently DLF ADP, the running back 34, which means you can get him in like the ninth round of startups. But last year he finished as the, uh, the running back 27, but his points per game, 14.4 and in half PPR outpaced Josh Jacobs, who was the running back eight. So that offense is about to get a lot better. They're probably going to get Jamar Chase. They're probably going to get some O-line help in other rounds. Two is going to continue to develop. They got Will Fuller in free agency. Uh, yeah, and Gaskin was incredibly efficient last year. He was top 20 in yards per touch. So I see that ADP jumping from 34 up to early 20s over guys like Chris Carson. All right, Miles Gaskin, Mitch, your five minutes on the clock starts now. Thank you, sir. I'll take my sweet, sweet time. So I... I, I think if we're doing Gaskin, I think we're we're asking who has the most to lose by the rookie draft, honestly, because if they draft a running back, that's toast. But my approach was uh, the guy that's most likely going to gain something from the draft, and that's Joe Burrow. So his his uh, his ranking right now, I mean, he's only going to get more expensive after the draft because the Bengals have a lot of choices, and all of those choices help Joe Burrow. We're talking Jamar Chase. We're talking about Sewell. That's going to help his value too. Might keep him upright. Uh, or you know, my guy Kyle Pitts. That could that could help too. Or John's guy. I'm sorry, I did steal him from you. But uh, nobody should be sleeping on Joe Burrow right now. But his his draft stock's going to be impacted by this draft, and it's it's only going up from here. And I'm saying that's a a safe safe bet as where you guys are relying on. Uh, uh, you know, the Broncos drafting a quarterback or the Dolphins not drafting a running back. That is a compelling argument. And um, I'm not going to choose Mitch here. And the only reason I, I think I think it was a great argument. But the only thing is, is like what? He's going to go from quarterback eight in Dynasty to quarterback seven in Dynasty. He went you know? up on my rankings by like four spots. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, 
that's why I'm not choosing that. But I, I do think it was a great argument. Um, John, I don't really like how you did the extrapolation of like the uncatchable targets because, you know, I I just don't think that kind of translation is is very fair. So I'm going to choose Trey here. And I hear what Mitch is saying. Like if they choose a running back, he's going to drop off a lot. But the question was most potential dynasty value to gain. And if Miles Gaskin is alone there in the backfield with that improved offense, he's going to shoot up from RB 34 to the high 20s. So um, that's why I'm choosing Trey here. So Trey takes a two to one to one lead against Mitch and John. Any reactions to that choice? Am I an idiot? No, you made the right choice. Let's get let's get back into the draft. <laughs> and speaking of getting back into the rookie draft, let's jump back in it. We'll try to move a little bit faster so we can get through the second round in the second half. Trey, it's 110. Let me just recap. 101 was Jamar Chase. 102, Najee Harris. 103 from Mitch, Kyle Pitts. I chose Devontae Smith at 104. Back to John, Javante Williams at 105. 106, Trey got a value in Travis Etienne there. Mitch went Elijah Moore at 107. I went Rashad Bateman at 108, and John took Jalen Waddell at 109. Trey, 110 is your pick. All right, so at 110, I'm about to get some more value. I'm going to get my wide receiver three in this draft class, and that is Terrace Marshall, wide receiver from LSU. He has great size, which apparently is hard to find in this draft class. He's six foot two, 205. He also has the 85th percentile in speed and burst. So the athleticism to go with that big frame. He was a sophomore breakout at age 19. And that's in the same offense as uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So uh, well done there, sir. And a 46.5% college dominator, uh, you know, um, for his career to go with it. So, yeah, I mean, I like him over Pitts. I like him over Devontae Smith. I'm thrilled to get him at uh, pick 10 here. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with this value. Like him over Pitts? I do. Yeah, and, and the, but that goes back to the uh, uh, positional differences, right? So Pitts is, I did go back and forth on that, but, um, you know, Pitts' upside is Kelsey and Kittle, and I just think somebody who's got the upside as a wide receiver one just has slightly more upside there. The one issue I take with his dominator rating is that it was extremely reliant on touchdowns, you know? So if you weight his dominator rating toward yards, which I just learned on Twitter in the last 24 hours is more predictive of success, then that will ding him a bit. But uh, I, I like Terrace Marshall. I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago on our receiver episode. There was a little bit of a disagreement between is he a raw prospect or is he a polished route runner? Uh, I'm not really you know, versed in, in that kind of level of film watching. But uh, I think this is a good pick here. I, this is probably the range that I would take him in as well. Yeah. And Tarek, to that point, I don't know how much it would shake out if you did like the weighted dominator uh, difference. I suppose we could look that up pretty easily. But, you know, if they hit 30% by their junior year, then I'm happy. And he hit 46.5%. So yeah, thrilled with this value. Bengals draft an O-lineman and then get Marshall, reunite him with Joe Burrow. And then I'm I'm on board. I like that better than uh, than the Jamar Chase pick at 105 as a as a oversaturated investment in Higgins over here. So that's that's me. All right, Mitch. So at 111, it is your go. What you got? Well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and preach. How often do you get a get to draft a potential starting NFL running back weighing in at 215 pounds, peaking at the end of his college career in the 87th percentile in the three cone and the broad jump? The 77th percentile in the vertical. That's right. I'm talking about Sermon. Uh, this is the right spot for him. Pick number 11. And he's, like I said last episode, climbing up the boards. Right now it might seem a little early, but we're talking about a draft before the NFL draft, and we're talking about a guy that can be a starting running back in the NFL. And I'm taking my chance at getting him now. If I have pick 11, I like him better than the wide receivers on the board. And yeah, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with the guy that looks and tastes like a running back. Yeah, since we last talked about Trey Sermon, I've just watched more and more tape on him. And I'm rising on him as well. I have him as my 16th ranked prospect in this class. So this is obviously a little bit early for me. But uh, I, I'm not going to hate anybody for taking him, especially before the NFL draft, because like 
if you make that bet and then he lands in the late second, early third round, then you know you're going to be pretty happy. But uh, it looks like on most people's boards, he's he's fallen past day two. I think it's interesting because we saw the same thing happen with CEH last year. He was like RB5 before the draft and he jumped up to one or two. I definitely see that could happen uh, with Trey Sermon this year. Uh, so Mitch takes a gamble and we'll see if it pays off. Yeah, I, I guess uh, CEH is a good comp, right? Um, you know, because if a team does decide to sneak him into the bottom of the first, beginning of the second, then yeah, he's definitely going to shoot up my board. Uh, the big knock I have against him is... He is projected to be a day three pick. Um, and that's a preview for some of the mock drafts we'll uh, dig into next week. But uh, also, it's just, um, I don't think he had a lot of uh, receiving production in college. So similar to Javante Williams, he could end up in that one and two down uh, running back role. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of receiving production, but he didn't show bad hands at the very least. So he showed me that he can do it. A couple player comps to not get excited about with this pick. Uh, Damian Harris, Devonta Freeman, DJ Dallas, those are all similar build players that we're talking about here. Um, but I've seen I, I've seen Damian Harris a couple places, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Devonta Freeman looked pretty good for about five minutes. But I think that, like John said, if, if he hits one of those landing spots and you're drafting right now before the draft, like this opinion can very clearly change once the draft happens. And we're all not marrying ourselves to these picks, but... I like the gamble here. I, I would marry myself to the gamble before draft. Preach. Yeah, I mean, I'm ordained. I can marry myself. <laughs> yeah, you can you can give a sermon. All right. Uh, at 112, I am just going to jump into the quarterback position here, and I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. I think in most 1QB rookie drafts, this is probably a little bit later than he's going to go. There's going to be somebody in the first round of your rookie draft who wants to pick the generational talent at quarterback and just book it for 10, 15 years. I think Trevor Lawrence offers that upside. Uh, only lost two games in his college career. Only lost like three or four games since his freshman year of high school. This guy's a winner. There's been some questions about how much he loves football over the last week or whatever. It's bullshit. Like Trevor Lawrence is the man uh, at 112. I think this is a great place to pick him. What do y'all think? I think it's a great place. Uh, if you would have gotten, uh, what, Joe Burrow two years ago in this spot, if you gotten uh, Kyler Murray in this spot, if you gotten Justin Herbert in this spot, you'd be really happy today. So this is the right spot. Good value here. He's going to be your quarterback for the next 10 years. I like the pick here. I love the pick. Yep. Let's go ahead and speed it up. John, you're going to kick off the second round for us, 201. So in the first round, you want to guarantee, right? You don't want to take any guesses. So in starting the second round, I'm going for upside. And I think right here at 13, at the beginning of the second round, I'm getting the highest upside player there is in this draft. And that's Rondale Moore. Uh, a lot of you, a lot of people in general are kind of either really high on him or really low. Uh, I think if he ends up somewhere like Green Bay, Jacksonville, or Carolina, then he's going to be late end first round rookie draft pick. Uh, so he's definitely situation specific uh, in terms of where he's going to go. But if I get him here at the top of the second round, I'm going to take that gamble because he's got that huge ceiling. Oh, John, you took my guy. Uh, great pick. Uh, he definitely has the uh, potential to turn into a Curtis Samuel type at the next level. So well done. Yeah, it doesn't look like Curtis Samuel to me, though. Uh, I told you I picked the right more. This is I'm going to call him Wrongdale Moore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong. It's the wrong Moore. Wrongdale Moore. You heard it here first. Uh, he, he's 5'7". I, I, I fear for his life. He's 5'7", but he's thick. No, man. He's, he's short, be, not small. He's going to be thick into the pavement, and I worry about the guy. He's he's certainly Theok. Uh, so yeah, wrong Dale Moore here at 201. I think that's a keeper. Trey, you got 202. Okay. Well, since John took my pick, I'll get the next guy on my board. And this is uh, my quarterback too, Justin Fields. So uh, I like Fields better than the running backs available right now. I like him better than the next tier of wide receivers. Uh, Rondell Moore was the last of my kind of first round receivers that I was hoping to get here, but that's okay. Uh, Justin Fields is my 13th overall player. So I'm getting him at 14. So I'm happy. He was a three-year starter. Uh, he's got a better career completion or better best season completion percentage and adjusted yards per attempt than Trevor Lawrence. 
Uh, he also projects as a top 10 pick, right? And he's got the better upside as a rusher than Lawrence. So there is a world out there where he could easily be the better long-term fantasy quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. So I love the upside here. I'll take that uh, those 10 years of security as well. Yeah, there's a little bit of risk, but that's okay. Yeah, so the betting markets have come around to Justin Fields being the pick at 103. I think the last uh, odds I saw was negative 140 for Justin Fields going to San Francisco. Uh, so that's that's some pretty good odds that they're, they're, that Vegas is thinking that he's going to end up there. And if he ends up in San Francisco, I'm not saying that I will have him over Trevor Lawrence, but I, I could hear arguments for it. Like I could hear an argument for him being the quarterback one in that Shanahan system. No, I, I actually agree with you there. It's that's kind of why I'm fading a bit on uh, Trevor Lawrence is because, uh, yeah, this this pick right here, Fields looks like he is inching closer and a good situation could push him a lot closer. So if you're in need for a quarterback, you might be able to wait to this pick to get him in a one quarterback league, of course. All right, Mitch, you got the next pick here at 203. Yeah, and with that said, um, I was I was looking at these picks, and I was looking, comparing, if I'm in need of a quarterback, if I'm in need of a running back, I had these guys 1A, 1B, and that's with uh, Kenneth Gainwell. He He's my next running back off the board. He's got amazing hands. He's one of those guys in a good situation. Uh, I'm excited to get him this late in the pick, or this late in the draft. Like he's projected to go in the first round in a lot of mocks that I'm reading one specifically in pro football focus that I just read. He was going in pick 11. And what pick is this right now? 15, 15. See, like, yeah, it, it feels good to, you know, uh, quote reach on those other picks, but then get somebody to fall to you here. And when I look at the need versus running back or quarterback, I feel like if you need both of those things, you're going to be drafting running back or you should be drafting running back in that situation. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I err more towards Gainwell on this pick. I think it's a it's a, there's a lot of questions since he like, he didn't play last year, but I think it's a good value pick. And like I said, in the second round, you always go for that ceiling. And I think Kenneth Gainwell definitely has that ceiling. Uh, he's the second or third best receiving back in this draft class. So if he ends up somewhere with the Jets, this is excellent value here in the middle of the second round or the yeah, beginning that, of the second round. Sorry, that that's who I would have went to, Mitch. Well, then. Yeah, and he was my next player on the board, too. Uh, great upside as a pass catcher. Uh, I think he's good, instinctive runner. So great pick, Mitch. All right, here at 204, pick 16 overall, I am going to take Tylen, Tylenol Jones-Wallace. Yes. Contested catch monster out of Oklahoma State. His 4.5540 on player profiler, which adjusts for the pro day bump, is not ideal, but... I just refuse to believe that he's that slow. When I watch him on film, dude can just rip it. 47.1 dominator rating from his sophomore season there in uh, in uh, Stillwater. Also had the 14 touchdowns. Um, so I, I, I love Tywin Wallace. I'm hoping he gets that second round draft capital. I think it's more likely he falls to the third. But if he slips into the second round, Tywin Wallace to the moon for me. Yeah, man, hopefully he comes back, uh, you know, healthy. I know he had the ACL tear, uh, you know, that he had to deal with. But uh, Hopefully he took his Tylenol Jones, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's a good pick. Uh, I would have taken uh, somebody above him, and that's my wide receiver six. So here at the 17th pick, I'm going to go ahead and take the sun god, Amon St. Brown. He was my wide receiver six. Uh, I, I didn't get to talk about him because my microphone broke uh, when we did the wide receiver episode. But I love this guy. I think he's got a huge ceiling. He was very he was excellent in the six games we got to see him at USC. And I think that he's going to be a very good, uh, probably a wide receiver, too, for some team. Uh, but I think he's going to be solid, maybe not in year one, but definitely going forward in the future. I think he's really good value here in the middle of the second round. Yeah, good slot target, really low a dot in college, uh, a little bit of a slow 40, but his burst numbers are really good. Uh, I, when I was researching for this episode, I saw he had a 38 and a half inch vertical, which is really impressive. I think I think his brother scares some people off a little bit. His brother, his yeah. brother, Equinemius. Yeah, our, we we had high hopes for him being wide receiver number two in uh, an offense that uh, it's not a very good offense. The quarterback kind of sucks there. So, like, I understand why Equinemius wasn't able to pull it off with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I'm hoping better for 
the sun god here. Yeah, EEQ was what, like a fifth round pick by the Packers? Yeah, I think Amon Ra is probably gonna go before the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I got a I got a new uh, a new nickname for Amon Ra. So my my nickname when I was researching for this piece that I came up with was Come on, bruh, Saint Brown. What do y'all think of that? I'm into Come it. Come on, bruh. <laughs> Come on, bruh, Saint Brown. So we have we we have three nicknames this this show. So the Sun God, if he's playing well, and if he's not playing well, then it's Come on, bruh. Yeah. I don't have any draft picks in any leagues where I could realistically get him, but I'm gonna make some trades just so I can nickname him. Come on, bruh. So we got Rongdale Moore. Uh, Tylenol Jones Wallace and come on St. Brown all here at the beginning on, of the second bro. round all right Trey 206 come on bro oh man okay well uh <laughs> you guys so I actually have a little mini tier of uh, wide receivers in uh, this range uh with Tylen Wallace and Amon or I guess excuse me come on bra St. Brown uh, but I'll take the guy who actually have at the top of the tier and that's uh Dayami Brown so this is uh, a speedster uh uh, long down the field stretcher out of uh, North Carolina. He uh, he's coming out as a junior. He's got the uh, you know the sub twenty breakout age. He's got the thirty one point seven percent college dominator. So he's hitting those metrics we like. He's got the sub four six forty. So he's got some good speed. He's coming in a little bit skinny at one eighty five, but he's six foot one and he's you know got some really productive sophomore and junior years to show for uh, his time at North Carolina. So. I think there's definitely some, uh, you know, field stretcher upside, you know, deep threat touchdown potential with uh, Dayami Brown. And he's probably going to be a day two pick. So I like the upside here in the middle of the second. Yeah, I I think, you know, uh, per Matt Harmon's reception perception tracking, he's an underrated separator. So Harmon has him at a 78th percentile success rate against press coverage, uh, which is, you know, really good, obviously better than 78% of his peers. I think watching him on film, his hands need a little bit of work, and they didn't really ask him to do a ton of technical route running things at North Carolina, but I think he's got a shot at early day two draft capital and and has some real upside, so I like the pick. Yeah, you might have a little Will Fuller in him. All right, Mitch, we're going to you here at 207. All right, 207, damn. I'm glad I'm getting this guy here. It's Trey's favorite player, and that's Trey Lance. I'm getting getting Cam Newton, my mini Cam Newton, Pick two oh seven. That that's an amazing value. If if this guy pans out, this is the quarterback that I wanted anyway. This is the value that I wanted at a at a quarterback position in this draft. This is perfect. I am through the roof on this one. His landing spot is likely going to be. I I think he's going to get to start. He's going to be drafted probably within the top fifteen picks and. Even if Mac Jones goes ahead of him, whatever. It, remember when Cam Newton went to uh, Carolina? Remember that? Remember Trey's other favorite player, Brady Quinn? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that really didn't matter either. So yeah, I'm taking talent. I'm taking that that fantasy quarterback that can win you leagues, that can rush like hell. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust your chops a little bit here because I think uh, of the five quarterbacks in this draft, he's the he's probably the biggest boom bust. Uh, you could be right, and he could maybe end up with the Broncos or something. He's going to like destroy the league, but it's equally as likely, in my opinion, he ends up somewhere and he's out of the league in three years. So I think you've taken him a little too high here. I would have been more comfortable taking him in the third round. I think you're right. The ceiling is definitely there, but you've passed up a lot of guys, a lot of wide receivers I like, a lot of running backs I like. Uh, I love Trey Lance, but I'm I just outside of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I don't think you should take any quarterbacks before the third round. Personal opinion. John, let me tell you something. Mitch is right and you're wrong. And it was Mitch, <laughs> not me, who ended up with both of the trays in this draft class on his team. So well done, Mitch. Uh you're picking some uh, really smart, talented players there. All right. Ter- come on, back me up, man. Angry T, come on, back me up. No, Trey Lance was next on my board too, oh, what the so. fuck? For real? Later on, nerd. Trey, because Mitch brought up Brady Quinn, I just want to ask you really quick. Best Notre Dame Irish quarterback since you enrolled in 2008. Oh, man. Uh, well, Ian Book, right? <laughs> really? I'm sorry. That's bad news. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know Ian Book's going to go like uh, in the fifth round in the real draft or later, uh, but he was great in college. His game just isn't going to translate to the pros. Hey, as long as he doesn't drink that EAS Myoplex shit. Now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Malik Zaira was too short, man. Yeah, it was too short. Short-lived. He burned too bright. 
Here at 208, we just got uh, five, four or five picks left here. I'm going to take Michael Carter out of the University of North Carolina, running back, good feet, elusive, can catch the ball. He can also run the ball. So I think he's got the upside to play on all three downs. Obviously got to work on his blocking as a little guy. I think, you know, maybe a, a good safe comp for him might be a guy like Mike Davis. Um kind of has all the all around traits, um, but isn't amazing at anything. And I think that's a great guy to, to take a shot on here at the end of the second round. Mitch, that's your guy. President Carter. President Carter? President Carter. Yeah, he's my guy. But, you know, I, I liked my guy just a little more, but I was right, right there. That was my next guy. Oh, yeah. I would have taken Trey Lance over Michael Carter there, too, man. All right, John, 209. We're speeding up. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the guy I would have taken right before Michael Carter, and that's my running back six, Kylan Hill. We didn't really talk about him too much in our running back episode, but he played a he played for part of the year, and then something happened in that offense, and he opted out after a few games. Uh, he didn't have a great 2020 tape, but his 2019 tape was exceptional. Uh, I expect him to be. He's a quick guy. He's a good receiving running back, and I expect him to at least have a role for an NFL team. It might be as the RB2, third down back, uh, but I expect Kylan Hill to be uh, somewhere in a running back rotation, and I think he's good value here at the end of the second round. Yeah, I think a couple weeks ago, Trey uh, mentioned that an upside comp for him might be a Devonta Freeman, so Kylan Hill could uh, could could work out at the next level. We'll see, but Trey... 210, what you got? So just to clarify real quick, that uh, Devontae Freeman comp was for uh, President Carter. Uh, so you, you already got the value there. Never mind. So it's up to me now. Um, okay, so let's see. I've got, I'm pretty stacked at the running back position now so far. Uh, and I like the value here. Um, we just talked about him last week. It's uh, Pat Fryermuth out of uh, out of Penn State at the tight end position. So, you know, I, I think I got to talk to uh, about him last week as well, but I like the athletic comp to Hunter Henry. I want the athletic tight ends, uh, you know, in Dynasty and, you know, regular redraft. Uh, it's just you, you need that athletic upside to produce at the tight end position. Uh, you know, to Mitch's point, this is obviously a developmental pick, but this is also late in the second round. So uh, he looks like a guy who could very easily be a top 10 uh, tight end in Dynasty in two or three years. He's NFL.com says he's a coveted blend of size and athlete. And I say, okay, good enough. Let's do it. Good enough. That's exactly what you want out of your tight end in dynasty. Good enough. <laughs> All right, Mitch, 211. It's penultimate pick. I guess I'm going to take Seth Williams here. One of those. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. It's just, this is the right time for him. I remember he, he's been climbing for a while. Uh, I, I a couple months ago, he was in the third round, and I was, I was looking at him as a guy that I might target like late second round and sneak up. But now he's late second round, and we're talking about him. And I think that he's going to be in the conversation mid second to late second. So at this point, I can't let him drop any further. Wide receiver out of Auburn. Um, yeah, uh, six three two eleven. Like yeah, uh, he fits the he fits the build. I. I hope at this point I'm looking at upside. I hope he lands on a team with not a whole lot of wide receivers. And at this point in the draft, that's all you can kind of hope for, right? He's he's definitely got some end zone potential upside there. So I like the pick. I like the pick too. I was hoping you wouldn't make me have to even consider this guy. Yes. Uh, and yes. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to pick him. So oh, what? here I got, I'm choosing between two players here. Toenail. One is Kadarius Tony, and the other, and the other is Zach Wilson. And you know what? I'm so down on Kadarius Tony no. that I'm going to draft the quarterback. No way. Over the no. receiver, you take the Jets quarterback. Yeah, because you know, while I'm not super inspired by Zach Wilson, I'll take the stability and the upside of the number two overall quarterback here instead of dart throws at the other positions. And I just think Kadarius Tony is a complete dart throw. I don't like his profile analytically. I don't think he does anything all that special on the field other than, you know, move really fast. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's, he's Kadarius Tony is too landing spot dependent for me. And Zach Wilson, I think Zach Wilson is really good. So I, I, 
I am not high on the Jets situation, but hoping with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur, they can maybe start to turn around that franchise there. And Zach Wilson could be a quarterback one going uh, down the range here. He said he said stability and the Jets in the same sentence. I really, really God enjoyed that part. And we, uh, we, we refrained from busting out. And we're, laughter, I so. think everybody raised their hand on that one stability and consistency and the number two are all all in fair in play right now two being the the number that he's going to be uh negative a lot while throwing interceptions in fantasy for that consistent situation in the jets there i love it yeah i love this pick i i love it if i'm picking after you yeah i I was i was tilting so hard about seth williams going that you panicked and and took the jets quarter on my list here, I have Kadarius Tony ranked over Zach Wilson, but I just wanted to make a statement here. No, Kadarius Tony. No, I don't. You're going to probably get drafted at like pick twenty in the NFL draft, but I'm not taking you, Kadarius Turf Tony. <laughs> Kadarius Turf Tony. I like that. All right. So uh, that is going to do it. Let me just recap our 24 picks here. And I'm going to do it quickly. Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddell, Terrace Marshall, Trey Sermon, Trevor Lawrence. That was the first round. And the second round was Rondale Moore, Justin Fields, Kenneth Gainwell, Tylen Wallace, Amon Ra, Kamon Bra, St. Brown, Diami Brown, Trey Lance, Michael Carter, Kylan Hill, Pat Fryermuth, Seth Williams, and Zach Wilson and Kadarius Toenail Tony fall into the third round. He would have gone 3.01, by the way. Really? I had yeah, two I other guys over Tony. Uh, I was taking him next. Okay. Well, there you have it. So we will revisit these picks in a couple weeks, I'm sure, because I think we're all interested to see what landing spot does to our rankings. But I think it's a good exercise right before the NFL draft to kind of get a last minute gut check of where these guys fall for you. So uh, hope you enjoyed listening to the show. That wraps up episode four of the Long Game Dynasty podcast. We'll see you early next week when we're going to aggregate some NFL mock drafts and talk about potential landing spots for all these guys that we just talked about. So we're excited about that. One week till the NFL draft. Let's fucking go. Nice. Later, y'all. That was fun. Later, guys. Peace. Thank you.